Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. Are you ready for God's Word today? My, my, my. We are going to have a good time in the Word today. All right. Lift out that holy hands to God right now and say, Father, I'm ready for the Word. Come on, lift up your hand and say with me. My Father, I am ready for the Word of the living God. Spirit of God, I'm asking today that you will think through my mind and that you will speak through my lips. Thank you for these, your wonderful people. They got the ears to hear, mind to understand, eyes to see, and heart to receive the Word of the living God in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. And I was looking at my calendar for next year. Lord of mercy. In January, I will be in Florida. I will be in Baltimore. I will be in Switzerland. Then I will be in Paris, France. Then in uh, March, I will be in the UK. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Uh, before, before uh, and then I'll be in Argentina. Lord, have mercy. That's just all between January and March, okay? So crazy, crazy, crazy. This is why we want you to become our partners. Let's open our Biblion, please, to the book of Luke chapter 10. And get ready. I'm going to give you, I'll give you four. So I'm going to combine it to, to today and give you seven benefits of being at the, what it means to be at the feet of Jesus. And then I'm going to give you four indicators that let you know that you are not sitting at the feet of Jesus. All right, people. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Luke chapter 10. And let's read verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman, all right, or a specific woman named Martha received him into her house and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. Like we discovered yesterday, two sisters in the same house, but not in the same frame of mind. We can all be saved and be in the same church. That doesn't mean that we have the same kind of thinking. They both received Jesus into their house, ladies and gentlemen. They both received Jesus into the house. I can see Pastor Jide is on. He's also one of our partners. Miss Bonnie is also one of our partners. Glory to God. Catherine, the Lord bless you. Bianca, my cousin, praise the Lord. Blessing, blessing, blessing. So they both received Jesus. But Mary took it a step further. So let me ask you a question. Jide, Bonnie, Catherine, Apostle Michael, Bianca, will you take it a step further? Now, what was the step further? The scripture says she sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. That was a deliberate act, ladies and gentlemen. And you've got it. You've got just like you made a deliberate act to receive Jesus into your house as your savior. But now you, you have to take it a step forward and make another deliberate act that I'm going to be daily listening to the word of Jesus. I'm going to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, Verse 40, why not? Why? why is that important? Because you're going to see 
where many believers are today, even though they're born again, even though they, are, they have received Jesus into their heart as their Savior, but they haven't received them. Here's the deal. I want you to write this down. You can receive him as your Savior. But it is when you deliberately sat, sit at the feet of Jesus is when you receive him as Lord of your life. Why? Because you're telling him, Lord, your word is first and final authority in my life. When the word of Jesus, when the B-I-B-L-E becomes the first and final authority in your life, that is when Jesus is truly the Lord of your life. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Do you want a strong prayer life? Does your prayer life frustrate you? Do you want to know how to spend one hour with God but don't know how to pray for one hour? Well, I have the answers to your question. You need to get my book, Prayer Coach. Prayer Coach will lead you into a productive and powerful prayer life. Call 502-523-4407 or go to my website, glenorecchion.org. Call 502-523-4407 or go to glenorecchion.org. You need to get my book, Prayer Coach. All right, ladies and gentlemen, praise God. So let me say it again. Mary and Martha, they both received Jesus into their home. But Mary took it a step further and deliberately sat at Jesus' feet. When you get born again, you receive Christ as your Savior. But it is when you deliberately sit at the feet of Jesus that Jesus is truly the Lord of your life. Can you say amen? Praise God. Now look what happened here in verse 40. But Martha was cumbered, and we discovered yesterday that the word cumbered is the Greek word perispeo. And the word perispeo means to be dragged all around, to be distracted, to be disturbed, to be deranged and destroyed. Now, what are you seeing here? You're seeing here that Martha is expressing the same kind of uh, expressions that unbelievers expressed. The same kind of emotional outbursts that unbelievers express. There is no difference here between her reactions, like we discovered yesterday, what perispeo mean. The Amplified Bible says, but Martha being overly occupied and too busy was distracted. Overly occupied, too busy, distracted. Just like the rest of the world. So now she is expressing the same kind of actions and emotions that the world have. And this is where you see a lot of believers today. Even though they're born again and their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, they are on their way to heaven, but there's not much difference between them, their reactions, their emotions, like to the world, because they act the same way. They act the same way. And you see, on the other hand, Mary was cool, calm, and collected. Are you listening to me now? Cool, calm, and collected. Now, listen. And she came to Jesus. She was cumbered about much serving. She came to Jesus and said to Jesus, Lord, 
Why don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? That is the I'm all alone mentality. Aha! I'm all alone. I'm all alone. When you have the all alone mindset, I'm by myself. No one cares. You can tell that you're not sitting at the feet of Jesus. All right, now watch this. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Now, everybody, now read verse 41, please. Let's all read verse 41 together, please. Ready? One, two, go. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, write this down. That's called the, the law of double enunciation. The law of double enunciation. When you hear the, the, the when you see this law in motion, it's because God is trying to get our, tech, our attention. Moses, Moses. All right? Saul, Saul. Are you listening? Okay. Martha, Martha. Now, watch this now. You are careful. You are careful. Now, write the word careful. The word careful here does not mean cautious. The word careful here does not mean what? Does not mean cautious. I want you to write this down, please. The word careful here uh, means full of cares. You're full of worries. You are full of worries. I want you please to write this down, please. You are full of worries and you are troubled. By the word trouble, write the word agitated. Write the word agitated. It is, what are the indication that you are full of worries? Is that you get agitated. You start to bite your nails. You start to fret. You can't sleep. Are you listening to me now? Martha, Martha, you are careful and trouble, agitated. Now, by the word agitated, uh, by the word trouble, by the word agitated to the point of a personality change. Agitated to the point of a what? Personality change. I want you to write this down. The Greek word here, now remember, yesterday I gave you perispeo, which means to be dragged over, all over the place. Now, let me give you this one here. It's the word merimneo. Merimneo. M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O. Merimneo. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> I want you please to write this down. It means to be agitated because you're trying to promote your own interest. All right? Merimneo means to be agitated to the point of a personality change because you feel that your personal interest is being overlooked. And you want to promote it. Your own personal interest is being neglected. That's how you feel. All right. Now, <clears throat> Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled. Now, look what came first. Careful and troubled. Careful and troubled. You have to allow the cares to come in. Then it chokes the word. And when the word is choked, then you are troubled, agitated, disturbed, deranged. Are you listening to me now? And you're troubled about many things, many things. Then verse 42. Everybody read verse 42 with me. Come on, now look in your Bible. Verse 42. 
But one thing, how many things? One thing. One thing. Glory to God. <clears throat> one thing is needful. What was Jesus saying? Everything that you're worried about, you only have one solution. You only have one solution. One thing is needful. Come on, put your hand in your heart and say with me, one thing. I only need one thing. Don't you remember when you were young? When I was young, my mom had one solution to all of life's problem, to all of my problem. It was Vicks Vapor Rub. How many of you remember the good old Vicks Vapor Rub? You had a cold, your mom will rub Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest. Had a headache, mom will rub Vicks Vapor Rub on my head. One time I was playing soccer football and I sprained my ankle. I said, Mom, I sprained my ankle. She said, come here, boy. And she started rubbing Vicks Vapor Rubbed on my, on my ankle. I was like, how is that going to help my ankle? Vicks Vapor Rub. But you see, my mom only had one solution to all of our problem, which was Vicks Vapor Rub. Back then in Mauritius, it was called... Uh, Thermogen, all right? My, my, my. One. All of my life's problem can be fixed by Vicks Vapor Rub. My, my, my. Can you say amen? How many of you remember them days? Glory to God. How many of you remember them days? Hallelujah. That's right. Oh, yes. In my big <laughs> the QL was Windex. That's right. That's right. If it's not Windex, if it's not Vapor Rub, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Castor oil. Castor oil was life's Answer to all of life's problem. How many remember that? Glory to God. Are you listening? Now, we had a lady that used to stay at our home. She took, she took me, and Bianca will know who, what I'm talking about here. Uh, we call her, two names, we call her Mamzelle, and we call her, uh, my brother used to call him Yaya. Now, to her, <laughs> all of my life, she used to take us to school and everything. All right. Her solution to all of my life's problem was castor oil. One day I had spots on my face. And she looked at me and said, come here, boy. You got dirty blood. That's why you got spot on your face. I said, okay. All right. And she said, you're going to drink a spoonful of castor oil. Now, how many of you remember that? You had to drink a spoonful of castor oil. My good Lord. And do you know what happens to you when you drink castor oil? My Lord Jesus, have mercy. The bowels, your bowels of mercies will let the mercy go freely. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That's right. That's right. Vapor rub would go deep down. My Lord Jesus. Now, Jesus said one thing. Come on now. Everybody say one thing. One thing is needful for all of your last problem, for your marriage problem, for your financial problem, for your health problem, for whatever problem, for your children problem. One thing is needful. You only need one thing. Come on, lift up your hands. Say, I only need one thing. One thing is needful. Then Mary has chosen that good part. Look what Jesus called the word. Look what Jesus called sitting at the feet of, of, of Jesus. He called it choosing the good part. It is you making a deliberate choice, which shall not be taken away from her. 
Now, who takes it away from her? Who would have done that? That would be Satan. Because Satan cometh immediately and takes away the word that was sown. Are you hearing me, saints? Are you hearing me, somebody? Come on, lift up your hands and say with me. For all of life's problem, I only need one solution. Glory to God. Let me show you your solution right now. Here is your solution. Praise God. Amen. For life's problem, salvation problem, the word. Praise God. Amen. You need power problem, the word. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You got health problem, the word. He sent his word and his word healed them all. Can you say amen? Amen. His word is peace. His word is our prosperity. His word is our health. His word is our deliverance. I need the word. You need the word. One thing that you need is the word. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? I need the word and you need the word. When I go to church, it's not because it's close to my house. I go to church where I get the word. Can you say amen? Some of you are going to wordless churches. Wordless churches, spiritless churches. Come on now. And you think you're going to grow? Never. Are you listening to me now? Can you say amen? <clears throat> now, quickly, real quickly, please. <clears throat> Let's give you seven things. I gave you four today, yesterday. Let's recap on the first four and then give you seven. And add three more. And then I'm going to show you... <laughs> Four indications, four indicators to let you know that you're not sitting on the feet of Jesus. Some of you right now, good Lord, you're going to wordless churches. No word, no faith, no teaching, no nothing. And you think you're going to grow. No way, you're not going to grow. <laughs> I remember one time, this guy told me this. He said, brother, I believe the Bible from cover to cover. <laughs> the, that's the only thing he believed, the cover. He didn't believe nothing in it. Do you believe in it? Do you believe in the healing? No. Healing passed away. Do you believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost? No. Passed away. He just believed the cover. He didn't believe anything in it. But I believe that God says, what God says about himself is what he is. <coughs> God cannot lie. Can you say amen? Praise God. I believe this book. I believe this book. I'm standing on his word. Can you say amen? Praise Jesus. Okay. So I'm going to give you seven things. Recap the four quickly from yesterday and give you three things today. And then I'm going to show you four indicators and let you know that you're not sitting at the feet of Jesus. Number one, what does it mean to be sitting at the feet of Jesus? Because I don't want to be perispeo and I don't want to be merimneo. You hear me now? Come on, lift up your hands with me and say with me. I will not be perispeo and I will not be merimneo. Can you say amen? Miss uh, Bonnie, can you write the word perispeo and write the word merimneo, please? If you don't mind, I would surely appreciate it. Glory to God. What does it mean to sit at the feet of Jesus? Number one, to sit at the feet of Jesus literally means to sit and receive his word. Can you say amen? Job 22, 22, couple that with Luke 10, 39. And coupled that with Deuteronomy chapter 33 and 3. We all looked at that yesterday. Praise God. That's right. It means to receive his word. Okay. Number two, we discovered yesterday to sit at the feet of Jesus means that to be in your right mind and to stop worry warting. You can't be worry warting. 
Oh, I'm just a worry ward. Well, stop being a worry ward. Be a word ward. Can you say amen? Glory to God. So number two, we discovered yesterday to be at the feet of Jesus. Miss Bond has been so gracious to put it on the margin for you so you write it down. It means to be what? It means to be, number two, that you get to be in your right mind and stop worry warting. Number three, to be at the feet of Jesus means to invoke the supernatural manifestation of the power of God. Is that correct? Amen. We got that from Jairus. Jairus wanted the uh, hand of Jesus, but he placed himself at his feet. He fell at his feet. The way to the hand is to get to the feet. Can you say amen? And incidentally, write this down. Jairus means to be enlightened by the word. The reason why he could go to the feet of Jesus is because he was enlightened by the word. The entrance of his word bringeth light. Glory to God. The way to the hand is through the feet. Number four, this is where we left off yesterday. Number four, glory to God, to be at the feet of Jesus. We discovered that Paul said this in the book of Acts. It is to be at the feet of Jesus means to be brought up and to go to the next level through teaching. Through teaching. Can you say amen? Amen. <coughs> Paul says, I was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel and taught. I was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel and taught. That's what it means to be at the feet of Jesus. To get brought up, go to the next level, and then be taught. It is what level of teaching, right, that you're being exposed to. You know, sometimes I listen to people, and I'm thinking to myself, especially the, the modern Christians today, that have not been exposed to strong preaching and strong teaching. Are you listening? And what they get, ex I mean, this, this young man told me, he said, hey man, you need to listen to this guy. He's really, really good. Okay? I said, okay, let me go and listen to him. I was like, Lord of mercy. What the guy was saying, I was like, I learned this in the 80s. Hello everyone, I am Glenn O'Reckon. I'm so glad that you are listening to my podcast. If you want to deepen your understanding of God's Word, all you've got to do is go to my website. There'll be many articles to bless you there. And you can also follow me on social media. You can connect with me on Facebook when I teach live on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday when I'm not traveling. So join me on Facebook, join me on YouTube, but I'm so glad that you are listening to my podcast. When you go to my website, there will also be many books that are available to you that will change your life. All you're going to do is go to glenorechion.org. Now, if you need prayer, call 502-523-4407, and we are ready to pray for you. I learned this in the 80s, and it was way stronger in the 80s than this diluted slop that they were giving to people now. No, the more, see, if you're going to grow, you'll discover you need stronger teaching. You will need stronger teaching, strong word. And that's why it is important for you to go to a strong word, strong Holy Ghost church. Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Number five, I want you to write this down. What does it mean to be at the feet of Jesus? Come on now. We got a few minutes together. So write this down. Number five, to be at the feet of Jesus is to fill the room with the fragrance of worship. My, my, my. 
to be at the feet of Jesus is to what? Uh, to fill the room with the fragrance of worship. Look at John chapter 12, and we're going to read that also in Luke. You'll, you'll see in Luke chapter 7. All right, look in your Bible, please. John chapter 12. Then Mary, then Mary, verse 3, took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Anointed the feet of Jesus. <coughs> look in your Bible, please. And wipe his feet with her hair. Glory to God. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. That is what it means to be at the feet of Jesus. It is to fill the room with the fragrance of worship. Some people, when it's time to worship, they're just standing there gormless, looking gormless. <laughs> Are you listening to me now? And we have everything at our, at our disposal to, you got the screen giving you the words, but you just stand, most Christians just stand there gormless. Even more irritating to me. Okay. This is why this is why God doesn't call me <laughs> in the office of a pastor because I want to walk around and slap some people upside their head. Just sit during praise and worship they're just sitting there <clears throat> looking on their phone looking on their phone. I'm like man how disrespectful in the house of God. I was uh, I was we were talking yesterday when I was about 14, 15, I started leading uh, uh, a cell group. And we would sing the songs. I would begin my cell group with some praise and worship. There was no music sheet. There was no screen. There was no nothing. But we knew the song from the heart. We knew the song from the heart. And we sang from the heart, ladies and gentlemen. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? That's right, Miss Bonnie, the spirit of slap. <laughs> <coughs> <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you listening? Bible says she was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And what did she do? She filled that it was very costly. Worship is very costly. Worship is very costly. Can you say amen? Praise God forever. Look at Luke chapter. Let me see this. Chapter 17. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, we're going to read from verse seven, uh, chapter 17. Look in your Bible, please. I'm going to read from verse, uh, verse 11. Verse 11, praise God. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he, as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Ten lepers. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. That's what you call a messianic miracle. And it came to pass as they went that they were cleansed. And one of them, one of them among the ten, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks, and he was from what? He was a Samaritan. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what we mean. 
<coughs> the true essence of worship is bowing at the feet of Jesus. So number five, to be at the feet of Jesus is to fill the room, to fill the place where you are with the fragrance of worship. Can you shout amen? And you know why we worship? We worship because we are grateful people. <clears throat> and why is it that so many Christians today in this modern Christian era don't worship? Because we have ungrateful people today. Are you listening? We have ungrateful people today. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 7. Luke, the seventh chapter. My, my, my. And do you know, the Bible tells you that Mary wiped the feet of Jesus with her hair. Paul says that the woman's hair is her glory. What was she saying? Lord, my glory, my glory is nothing to be compared with your, with your glory, with your presence. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Hallelujah. <clears throat> Look in your Bible, please. Luke chapter 7, verse 37, I believe it is. Is it Luke chapter 7, verse 37, is it? Yes. Let's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick it up from verse 36. And at one, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And one stood at his feet. Let, let, let's go to verse uh, 37, okay? And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at the feet of Jesus behind him, weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. And you know the rest of the story. You know the rest of the story. The Pharisee began to balk. But Jesus said to, look at this now. <clears throat> look at this. Jesus said to him, verse 40, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, what? Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me thereof, which of them will love him most? Will what? Love him most. <clears throat> Simon answering and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears, tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gave me no kiss. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what worship is all about. It's about kissing Jesus. It's about wiping your hair, uh, using your hair to wipe the feet of Jesus. It is about filling up the, the, the room with the fragrance of worship. Can you say amen? All right. But this woman, since I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil you didn't anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto her, unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. You know what kind of people worship? People who worship are those who are grateful to Jesus 
who has forgiven them their sins. You know why I'm a worshiper? Praise God, because I realized I was a sinner on the way to hell, had no hope, had no, had no reason to live. But thank God Jesus saved my soul. Glory be to God today. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And I'm on my way to, to heaven, either by the way of the grave or by the rapture of the church. But I know that I know that I know that when I die, glory be to God, the next thing that I will see is the face of Jesus. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Can you shout amen? So I worship because I am grateful. I worship because my sins are which were many, has been forgiven. Glory be to God. And today I've been declared the righteousness of Almighty God. Can somebody shout amen, somebody? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We worship because we are grateful people. Amen, amen, amen. So to be at the feet of Jesus, number five, <coughs> is to fill the room with the fragrance of worship and fill it with the fragrance of gratefulness. Gratefulness. Thank you, Lord. Number six, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. What does it mean to be at the feet of Jesus, to be at the feet of somebody? You will see that term in your Bible all over the Bible. Go with me right now to the book of Ruth. Let's go to the book of Ruth, please. Glory to God. The book of Ruth, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, Lord. Can you say thank you, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> book of Ruth says, chapter 3, verse 4. Now, now, now. <clears throat> Let's read verse 4. Now, you know that Ruth, her husband, died. You know that Ruth was connected to Naomi. Naomi was her mother-in-law. And she said to Naomi, wherever you go, I will go. Your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. Look in your Bible now. But she was still uh, a widow, right? And they came back with nothing. They came back with nothing. But look at this. Verse 4. And it shall be when he lies down. Talking about Boaz. That thou shalt mark her, the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down, and he will tell you what to do. My, my, my. Are you listening? Here is a woman that went through the fire. Here is a woman that went through the desert. Here is a woman that went through the wilderness of life. Life did not treat her good. I mean, she, she lost her father-in-law. She lost her husband. She lost her brother-in-law. They were broke, busted, and disgusted. They were living through famine. Are you hearing me, saints? But she follows Naomi, her sister, her mother-in-law, and her destiny is about to change. Glory be to God. And she's about to get married with Boaz. Glory to God. Out of which will flow the, the, the line of the Messiah. Can you say amen? Glory be to God. Jesse will be born. And from Jesse will be David. And Jesus will be called the son of David. So I want you to write this down. To be at the feet of Jesus is to have a destiny change. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it for your good. Can you shout amen? Lift up your hands with me right now and say with me, when I sit at the feet of Jesus, my destiny is about to be changed. Some of you are looking for destiny helper here, destiny helper there. I need a man. I need a woman. You need Jesus. You need your heavenly Boaz. 
and he will change your destiny. Glory be to God. I love this verse when the Bible tells you, do not laugh at me, O my enemies. For when I fall, I will not stay there. For when I fall, I will not abide there. But when I fall, I shall arise. Come on, lift up your hands with me and say with me. When I sit at the feet of Jesus, there's about to be a destiny in my life. Glory be to God. There's about to be a destiny change. Let me, let me prophesy on your life right now. Let me look at you. Let me prophesy on you right now. Barry, there's about to be a destiny change. Miss Barney, there's about to be a destiny change. Catherine, there's about to be a destiny change. Bianca, there's about to be a destiny change. B, there's about to be a destiny change. Hallelujah. Amen. You'll never, that's right. You won't glean among the beggars anymore. Glory be to God. Somebody say hallelujah. The table is set. The table is prepared. Come and sit at the table of the king. Can you say amen? Just like Mephibosheth was changed. His lot was changed. Just like Ruth's lot was changed. Can you say amen? Just like J destiny was changed. Your destiny is about to be changed. Come on, say after me. To be at the feet of Jesus, to be at the feet of my heavenly Boaz, my destiny is about to be changed. Can you say amen? Glory to God forever. Number seven, ladies and gentlemen, real quickly. Are you ready? To be at the feet of Jesus. Write this down, number seven. Laying at the feet of Jesus, being at the feet of Jesus, <laughs> will cause you to have iron feet. Amen. Will give you iron shoes to bruise the head of the enemy. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Write this down, please. To be at the feet of Jesus, glory be to God, will cause you to have iron shoes, because you're going to put on the gospel of peace, amen, the shoes of the gospel of peace, to bruise the head of Satan and his works underneath your feet. Now, let me show you what I mean here. Go with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, please. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to read verse 24 and 25. And of Asia... In fact, before we read that, that's Deuteronomy chapter 33, 24, 25. <clears throat> Remember what, what, what uh, Paul says, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan shortly underneath your feet. Miss Bonnie, if you can put that scripture for me, please. Hallelujah. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan underneath your feet shortly. Right? Write this down. And then, <clears throat> let's go to... Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 24 and 25. Now remember now, remember this now. Verse 24 and 25. And of Asia, he said, let Asia be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brothers. All right. And let him dip his foot in oil. Let him dip his foot in the anointing. Glory be to God. Let him dip, dip his foot in the unction of God. And then what would happen? Look at verse 25. Your shoes shall be iron and brass. Your shoes shall be what? Iron and brass. Glory to God. And as thy days, so shall your strength be. My, my, my. Woo! 
Come on now. Come on, say with me. I, as I sit at the feet of Jesus, he transforms my feet. Glory to God. Because from him is the oil. Can you say amen? From him is the oil. And as you dip your feet in oil, the Bible says, your shoes shall be as iron shoes and brass. That's talking about iron means hard and brass means judgment. You're going to make the devil's life hard and you're going to bring judgment upon the enemy. Can you say amen? Now, let me show you this now. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. <coughs> Look at Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10 <coughs> in your Bible. And look what Joshua did. Now, we got a heavenly Joshua. His name is Jesus. Yeshua. Joshua means Yeshua, which means Jesus. Joshua chapter 10 <clears throat> and verse 24 says, Then it came to pass when they brought out those kings that made trouble for Israel unto Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said unto the captains of the men of war which went with him, Come near, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near and put the feet of upon the necks of them. When you sit at the feet of Jesus, Jesus is going to make your feet and your shoes as iron feet, iron shoes, and brass shoes, and you're going to put your feet upon the neck of the devil. Can you shout amen, somebody? You're going to bring judgment upon your enemies. Can you shout amen? And you know, there's a man by the name of, uh, what's his name? Let's go to the book of Judges. Hallelujah. <coughs> Judges, glory to God. You ought to read your Bible. You'll know all these names. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Chapter 5, glory to God. There was a man by the name of Sisera. He, he had 900 chariots of iron, making life difficult for Israel for 20 years. He had a weapon of mass destruction. He had blades on his chariots, cut, cutting people in battle. But God sent a rain that day, and his, his chariots got stuck, and he fled. <clears throat> and a woman, all right, killed him. <clears throat> Let's read Judges chapter 5, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God, because Deborah prophesied, and J.L., J.L., that, that's the woman, put a, put a nail in her head, in his head. But look in your Bible, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to read verse, uh, verse uh, 24. Blessed ab above women shall J.L., the wife of, the, of Heber, the Kenite, be. Blessed shall be she above women in the tent. He asked her, Sisera asked her for water, and she gave him milk, and she brought forth butter, amen, in a lordly dish. <laughs> she knew, whoo, she knew how to work it, work him. And she put her hand to the nail, and her right hand into the worksman's hammer, and with the hammer she smote Sisera, she smote off his head when he when she, she had pierced and stricken through the temples. Look at verse 27, please. At her feet he bowed. That's what's going to happen to your enemy. He's going to bow at your feet. And you're going to put a nail in his head. Can you say amen? The nail of the cross. Glory be to God. The hammer of the word. Come on, say with me. The nail of the cross. The nail of the covenant. And the hammer of the word. You're going to hammer the devil in his, in his temple. Can you say amen? Can you shout amen, somebody? So I've given you seven things. Number seven, laying at the feet of Jesus will cause you to have iron shoes, brass brass shoes, iron feet, to bruise Satan and his works underneath your feet. Can you say amen? Now, quickly. The secret to the supernatural is fasting. 
Fasting will fast forward your destiny and take you to realms that you have never been before. I want to recommend my book to you, 101 Benefits of Fasting. That book will give you the mechanics and dynamics of fasting. Call 502-523-4407 or go to my website, glenorecchion.org. Call 502-523-4407 and get the 101 benefits of fasting. What are the indicators? I've given you seven indications what it means to be at the feet of Jesus. But let me give you four indicators that let you know that you are not sitting at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, you're going to church. Yeah, you're saved. But you're not sitting at the feet of Jesus. What are these four indicators? Number one, write this down. Like we've read in the book of Luke about Martha, she was careful and troubled. She was full of worries and trouble. If you find yourself agitated, if you find yourself fretting, biting your nails, right? That is an indication that you're not sitting at the feet of Jesus. If you're a worry warden, that's like Martha, you're worried about many things, then you're not sitting at the feet of Jesus. I didn't say that you're not saved. I said you're not sitting at the feet of Jesus. There's no difference between you and an unbeliever, except in the, the final direction. But while you're in the earth, you act exactly the same way as them. <coughs> Agitated. Number two, look in your Bible, please, in Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. Look in your Biblions. I love the word. I love the word. When we first got married, I used to drive my wife nuts. She'd ask me about something. I said, ah, don't worry about it. What about this? I don't worry about it. What about that? Don't worry about it. Okay? Don't worry about it. She couldn't understand that. Okay, now look in your Bible, please. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 1. It came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up toward Jerusalem to war against it. Okay? But he could not prevail against it. Now look at verse 2. At that time the kingdom was divided. The northern kingdom was Israel, and the southern kingdom was Judah. Verse 2. And it was told the house of David, that's Judah, saying, Syria is confederate <clears throat> with Ephraim. It was told, or it was reported. He says that, Syria is confederate with Ephraim, meaning Israel. <clears throat> and his heart was moved. Can you read that? And the heart of his people, as the trees of the wood, are moved with the wind. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Okay. God shows you in his word there. <clears throat> now, look on the line in your Bible. His heart was moved as... The trees of the wood are moved with the, with the wind. So number two, like Ahaz, you vacillate. You vacillate. Your heart is not fixed. You vacillate. So number one is agitated. Number two, you vacillate. What was God's word to Ahaz? 
Isaiah said, Go forth now and meet Ahaz and tell him this. Look at verse 4. Take heed and be quiet. Take heed. Pay attention. Be quiet. Shut up. All right? Fear not. Don't be a chicken. All right? And neither... <clears throat> Don't be afraid. And neither be faint-hearted. Don't be a chicken. For these two tales of these smoking firebrands, all right? <clears throat> God says they will not be able, if you keep reading down there, they will not be able to stand before you. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Come down to verse 9. Yeah, verse 9. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramaliah. Son, if you will not believe, surely you will not be established. If you will not believe, you will not be standing and be established. So the first sign... <coughs> <clears throat> of not sitting at the feet of Jesus is agitated. The second sign is vacillated. Number three, look in your Bible, please. In the book of Acts. In the book of Acts. This is when Dr. Luke was on the boat with Paul. Different attitude than Paul. Acts 27. Look in your Bible, please. Look in your Biblion. <clears throat> well, let's read verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. That was what Dr. Luke felt, hopelessness. The third indicator that lets you know that you are not sitting at the feet of Jesus you have a sense of hopelessness and despair. Hopelessness and what? Despair. So the first sign is agitated. You're angry, you're upset. Number two, vacillated. You go here, you go there, you don't know where to sit. You can't sit down. Number three, are you listening? <clears throat> Number three, you have a sense of hopelessness. Number four, real quickly, please. Number four, oh God. Jesus is in the boat. He told them he's sleeping. His disciples are going through panic. Panic. But he's sleeping. The fourth sign that you're not sitting at the feet of Jesus. You lose your sleep. You lose your sleep. And you panic and you say to Jesus, don't you care that we, that we are perishing? You've got death on your mind. Panicking and death go together. Panicking and death go together. All right, that's enough. My time is coming to an end, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glenarecchion.org.